It's championship fever across the world of indie ball, and attendance numbers are in. We're going to break down everything this week on the Indie Ball Report podcast. All right, back again, episode number 237 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick. Ryan's on location this week. Right as it just gets loud on my end, yeah. It's going to be chaos, but that's, that's okay. Perfect, it's playoff though. baseball. Dude, I was not ever going to miss the last, possibly the last game I go to, though. It looks like Lancaster might be surviving the series at this rate, but uh, uh-oh. As I say it, we're going tank shot, Boog Pal. <laughs> oh, no, off the fence. Oh, he's hobbling. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it's going well over here is what I'm saying. I love this. Everything about this episode is either going to be complete train wreck or way too on brand for us. It could be both. We're going to kind of use it like a dry run for like a potential live stream in the future, essentially. We're going to hear, yeah, we can use some more of that. It's kind of working. And uh, Or please never again. See, here's the thing, though. The people that are going to hate this are not the people that are going to comment about hating it. So we're going to find out how badly this does viewership-wise or if this is just going to randomly do three times regular numbers. There's going to be a lot of like drop-off like one minute in. Just like a lot of listenership. Like, nah, we're good on this. You know what? And I wouldn't blame them. But you know where there's worse drop-off than the listenership on this? What? The New Jersey Jackals attendance. Because we have attendance nice. numbers this week. Not hot. Not hot. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that aren't exactly killing the game in the attendance category. Uh, that would be through Ballpark Digest publishing all the attendance results. Now, of course, we got to preface this by saying uh, these are reported attendance numbers, not actual attendance numbers. Those can be very, very different. In some markets, like as we we're finding out tonight, Lancaster, uh, the numbers probably are true to form for the most part. Uh, however, some are not necessarily as true to form. So that's where we are at. And uh, yeah, a couple of notable things that I saw, at least looking through the numbers and whatnot. We had uh, plus attendance everywhere across the board. Attendance went up. Frontier League only about 1%. Uh, everybody else about 4 to 3%. So not terrible there. There's individual outliers team-wise, uh, York and Ottawa being two notable ones, about uh, 0.24. Uh, so it wind up being, I believe, work out to be about uh, 24% there. And then King County came at the highest. They increased by about 10%, over 5,500 a game. That's one of those numbers I'm not totally sold on. Uh, however, there is also the negative of this, which is the Jackals number as we use to lead into this, as well as Lexington. Lexington fell off by about a third of their attendance from last year, and the Jackals had the worst attendance in all partner ball at 762. They also fell off about a third in their transition to Hinchcliffe from Yogi Berra. So uh, a lot to determine from this, but uh, some of it was also staying what we already knew. Bro, it's just... It's so jarring to hear it. You said a third of what it was, right? Yeah, about it. Oh, my God. Dude. I mean, we talked to enough Jackals tents throughout the year, but, like, yeah. it is crazy to hear. <laughs> like, oh, man, a third. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as mean, for the reported tents thing, we've talked about a little bit. I mean, there's teams that are telling the truth. There's teams that's not. I mean, there's plenty of guesswork going on. You can, If you've had the privilege of a flow sports stream and 30 bucks a month that goes with it, you might have been able to fact check a little bit um but yeah there's some there's some people 
especially toward the top, that team would be stretching it. Would you be watching one of those teams right now? I might be. I might be. Allegedly. Maybe. You know? I might be. After last week, I'm the really crowd. thinking Long Island's got to love you. I mean, I ain't traveling up there for the series, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Why? You I ain't going to make it back. <laughs> yeah, you just get clipped by a random duckling. But, yeah, obviously there's <laughs> there's a couple that are obviously, you know, you know, padding their attendance number. I think it's, it's so optimistic. positive that everybody's on the trend up. There really wasn't too many negatives, and the negatives even then were like a couple of percent points, which is, it's liable to kind of happen. But overall, though, it seemed to be a positive year there with some stability working in there. It's just that a couple of the outliers on the negative side, you think of it like this. If they're telling the truth, that's not good. If they have to embellish the number, then it's really bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean... Oh, Ah, boy, I mean, everybody trying to figure out how to even phrase it. Because there is, oddly enough, like, there's a difference. I mean, I think I'd say 70 to 80% of teams are inflating their numbers, probably. Yeah. But there's some that are, like, they're bumping it. They're, they're maybe doing the. Um, there's rounding up, and then there's just, like. Yeah, or there's, things. like, technically the semi tickets, like, were sold, or, or they'll, like, give away a bunch, and they'll count those. I've seen that before. But, like,. Yeah. There's some that are just like making a number up out of thin air. I know some of those Jersey games really were just conjuring something up. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes you wonder even at what it actually was, which is fascinating. Because like, I, if they're doing report tens, there was like zeros on a few of those. I wonder yeah. if they rectified those. I don't know. It's it, the whole thing makes me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, it just it's kind of telling though about how the situation's going in particular because we're all harping on Jersey a little bit, so I won't spend too much more time on them, but. It is telling as to how the situation has gone. And we've talked a bit about it in the past, but, you know, it's something that I get is going to take time to build up the local community and the local fan base. But to be in triple digits, it's not a good position to be in. And it's awful telling about what the future of this team could be, because that's just not a sustainable business model to be dragging less than a thousand people on average per night. That's just not an option there. And I have to imagine the bridge is to some degree burned over on Montclair State, so you're starting to run out of places to go at that point. Yeah, so I'm thinking like, I mean, we've talked enough about Jersey, so like we can kind of let it go because yeah. we're also going to have plenty of Jersey talk in the offseason, I think, Yeah, because I think we're not done with the questions about what they're doing with their future here. Um, but boy, yeah, it is. It, it, all right, here's the, right, here's the thing I just, I'll say, I'll admit to. Uh, while I hate it because I want baseball to do well, there is a little part of me that's like a little self-satisfied because we were all out here like, don't do that. That's a bad idea. And they were like so spiteful about it. Yeah. Like, like, the, very oh, proud. no, they don't know. Trying to make excuses like, no, nah, man, like it's a bad idea. You yeah. left your your fan base and gave them not only a more convenient location, but one they have to like, pay to park at, like literally doubling the price of one ticket. Like, what were we doing at it? And you provide inadequate parking. Like, that's the thing. And like I'm, I'm totally in lockstep with you there because it's like you want to see teams succeed. Teams failing is not good for anybody. But at the same point in time, it's like, well, what exactly was expected here? It was a poor business model and the plan seemed to be kind of rushed more than anything else. Like I want it to work here, but at the same point in time, it's like, okay, if you're leaving the fan base, you need to go get a new one. And that's going to be really hard to do. 
Yeah, and like, even from this perspective, you know, if they were there and they were really in and seemed really in on the community and on the Negro League connection and supporting, you know, like inner city baseball, I think that this is a different feel. It's like, wow, like they are not succeeding there, but like they're doing all the right stuff. But like, that's not the main energy going on. No. Um, yeah. Which is frustrating because, I mean, I can be far more accepting and open to uh, poor attendance when you're doing the right things outside of that and it just doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. And it's just, it's, and the problem is too, you have just different issues popping up, it seems like, where mm-hmm. at first the stadium really wasn't ready. And then we heard from people attending games there, it didn't feel right in the sense of concessions weren't totally open. The parking wasn't enough for the capacity of the crowd. They didn't, they weren't told they had to prepay for parking. The whole operation felt clunky. Now, of course, that was back in, you know, May and June. I'd imagine as we got into April, it kind of sorted itself out. But also the situation isn't great when you're getting kicked out for the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that made a difference in the end. And we'll talk about the, the, how all that goes down. Well, we did last week a bit. Well, not more than a bit, but. You know, they won the games at Sussex is the point, so it didn't really have an effect, but still, it's not a great situation there. Nope. Because you're leaving, like, multiple fan bases. Yeah, everything about it is just uh, not great. On the flip side, though, Ottawa going up a lot is really encouraging to see. Yep, I agree. It's just a, um, yeah, the growth in the Canadian market is really nice to see, especially a market like Ottawa that's done this before. You know, they've had a lot of different teams and a lot of different leagues and things of that nature. So to see what's a very large stadium, not only start to receive some upgrades to it, but also to have the attendance to justify that is certainly a plus there. Now, of course, they still kind of have that new team vibe. They were running off of a, uh, a really strong postseason run. Have a foul ball come in there? No, that was a Jason Coca double just straight off top of the wall in front of me. Oh, okay. Love it for the big dog. Went deep last night. He's back at it. Oh, no. Sorry, it was very impressive. But, yeah, so it's just they're riding a little bit of that hot hand still. So I do wonder yeah. how sustainable the 23% is. Obviously, you're not going to see another 23% bump next year. However, you know, if I saw like 5 to 10%, I'd be very, very encouraged with, with what I see oh. there. Yeah, man. And, because I'm looking at it too. Here's the rule of thumb I'm using, and look, it's I don't, it's not gonna be 100 percent accurate, but I think it gives a good feel. If a team says they did what they did last year, I think they probably lost from last year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that feels like the kind of thing you're like, oh, I'm like we'll just kind of you know say it was about even, whatever. Yeah, and like you curve. know the average night, they're like, oh, it was a little down, but oh well, you know, it's alright. And then I think mm-hmm. if a team like on average was like a little bit up, they're probably about even from last year, but. Mm-hmm. Teams that were that admit to being down, they were certainly down. But teams that were like way up, the way Ottawa was, I, like I think, you know, they, they it still might be a stretch. But even so, I think it's they still had a massive bump in attendance, and you can kind of see it from watching games too. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, really good to see, man. Like we did just talked about the Canadian markets, so we don't have to dive too deep, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's just good for the game, bro. I love it. Yeah, and conversely, York too, another nice big bump from them too. So an established market that normally does well, they continue to do better. Uh, that also is a nice thing to see, too. And uh, overall, it seemed, like I said, to be a pretty solid uh, year for a lot of teams. 
and across the board on a whole, it does look like it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, dude, it's a good time for baseball, man. Like, tennis is up kind of everywhere. And if it's not yeah. up where you are, like, that's a good sign that's time to look at ownership. Like, yeah. and look at the, the people you have in place because, it, you know, a rising tide should raise all ships. And if your ship ain't moving, <laughs> you got to figure out what's up. Yeah. So, I hope it's also a wake up call for some owners, too. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're at, say, you know, a drop in 35% of your attendance, that's probably uh, an indictment on something. Right. And, yeah. and also, I'm not encouraging, like, making drastic moves for people losing jobs. But I'm saying, like, you know, these, uh, these owners all have an obligation, and people running the teams have an obligation to uh, the, the cities that they're in and it, you know, the, to the game as a whole to, you know, do a good job and even if you know they could give it their very best and something didn't go right you know that's one thing but uh there's a lot of teams you see that seem to be just kind of doing the same thing that worked a decade ago and it's like hey it kind of worked a decade ago i'm sorry uh and it's yeah. just like man I, I hope you i hope that's reflected at least in a way in those numbers that makes me all right what are we doing here exactly so uh hopefully we get to see more upgrades there uh we'll move on to the next piece of news and i believe the second to last piece of news heavy atlantic league focus week as one may be able to guess and that's because last week we mentioned Corey thurman had been added to the 25th anniversary team uh frankly i forgot they were even doing it i thought they gave up on this when they stopped posting in april but because <laughs> it was april 14th was the last one it was john hunt and i managed to mm-hmm. go on to the actual desktop site for twitter and search the thing up so that's good news there any case uh thurman eight seasons in york a 66 and 53 record to a 457 era 567 strikeouts in just over 980 innings pitched two-time postseason all-star three-time general all-star two-time alpb champion he is also second all-time in game started fourth all-time in wins innings pitched and strikeouts they're one of four pitchers to win 10 or more games four or more times his number is retired by the revolution and they also need the community service award after him he's also on the school board as well for those that are wondering <laughs> and he's a former major leaguer as well get your education kids um man i love it i like i like a guy who's like a long-term indie leaguer getting rewarded that's good um yeah i was hoping to see some of that because there was some like guys who came in and had like a shorter career on the Way back when we started the Silver Anniversary team, so I'm yeah. glad that like it is there. There were it, it wasn't only those, but I'm glad to see guys who are like Langley grinders getting rewarded. That's good stuff. Yeah, definitely is. And I will say one thing that's interesting though is if my previous tweet when I was doing each of these you know announcements is correct, we are out of pitcher spots, and there is no uh, Daryl Thompson on here. Huh. I'm trying to think who else is on, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> it can, was so damn long ago. Yep, but I it, have uh, the whole roster in front of me, actually, so I could run through that real quick if you want. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm also, part of me is like, are they sticking to that number? Are we sure? Or are we, we just playing loose with it now? A mess, and they might just be throwing names out there. Or, or if we want to be conspiratorial, did something happen? And they wanted to hold off on the Daryl announcement, but now... Him, them and Daryl aren't cool. I don't know. Probably not. It's probably fine. It's probably nothing though. Yeah. I don't know. There was nothing based on that. I just always go, oh. What about this? Yeah. That's what Nervous I did. Yeah. 
so the pitchers on the team, uh, Tim Kane, Lincoln Michelson, John Brownell, Dwayne Pollock, Mike Guyfoyle, Jim Ed Warden, John Hutton, and now Corey Thurman. Those are the pitchers. The batter spots, uh, Blake Gallion, Francisco Morales, Luis Rodriguez, Josh Presley, Jeff Nettles, Ray Neverett, Victor Rodriguez, and Glenn Murray. There are eight spots left for the uh, batters, so like I said, this could just very well be... Uh, there's actually a lot of guys that could go for the batter spot, but there is no other spot left for pitchers, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, man, that's... Hmm. I might tweet that out and start a little drama, or you can take it if you want. Uh, that's really all there is for the uh, Silver Anniversary team. Again, good to see a yep. guy get rewarded. Uh, we go to the <laughs> last piece of news for the week. As you can tell, we're moving a little bit quicker here because we do have an interesting setup this week, so no sense in dragging it out. Uh, yeah. Second half, uh, South Division title. Uh. The league announced it as a tie. Now, here's the interesting thing. is between Gastonia and High Point. This has no effect on the playoffs here. So this is really just kind of like a geeky nerdy thing. Yeah. But that said, as a result of weather-related cancellations, the teams finished with virtually the same winning percentage. I think they said four one-thousandth of a point separated mm-hmm. the two. And High Point had played fewer games than Gastonia did, if I'm not mistaken, or was possibly inverted there. One played more than the other, about two more games. One more win, one more loss. So the league decided, we're just going to declare it a tie. Now, I need to know this. Is there no other tie-breaking procedure? And if so... So it's it's supposed to be... All right, well, it's complicated from there. So... um, if Gastonia wins, you, you, you really lobbed this into a sweet spot for me. Uh, yeah. If the Gastonia wins the second half, then it, it, the league rule basically says tiebreakers don't matter. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, high point won the first half. If yes. Gastonia tied them, this flat tie, for the second half, they get the tiebreaker as the, you know, for the playoff. Yeah. So you don't have to go to any sort of like tiebreaker, which is another thing entirely that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we actually mentioned that on a previous pod is the the aspect of if you in that situation they yep. could have lost every tiebreaker and then not earned a wild card but still been given the playoff spot by tying for the playoff it's weird or the division it's weird yeah. but um, but they would automatically be given that uh, if high point it basically if it didn't like if neither of them had won the first half title then it would have been head to head record and then i think divisional record um and then record against the other division though i think that is where we can kind of skip ahead oh wow thrown out that second feeling that's a tough scene el hunter diazza man can't be wrong like that carlos castro at the plate anyway um i love how i'm gonna leave these updates in too just so that way it's easier to edit (laughs) yeah i try um Anyway, uh, yeah. I, that's where it gets weird on the the tiebreakers too, because basically the uh, Atlantic League misses out. Well, actually, all the indie leagues now think about miss out on some of the tiebreakers because it's all right. Say they have the same record and the same head to head record and the same divisional record, yeah. then process of elimination they're going to have the same um, yeah, opposite division record um, for the most part, unless there's something else weird going on. But it's almost entirely going to be that. So. 
They do get a little short on tiebreakers, but it doesn't seem that in this instance they were even interested in going to tiebreakers because of the fact that High Point won the first half. Um, yeah, to not ramble too long on that one, that seems to be the, the gist of it. But uh, again, it goes back to the idea that if there's a 4-1,000th difference, then I believe that should have been you know, the deal on that one. I think that yeah. should have stuck. The one However, team is higher than the other, yeah. Yeah, so I got two things on that. There might be a rule on the MLB side where they will only break it down a certain number of de- some nu- who certain number of decimal points. Okay. Uh, don't quote me there. Uh, then on the other, who wasn't that was on top again? I forget. Like with by those four one thousands. It they never said exactly. They who. never said that's right. Yeah. I'm sure we could do our own math, but yeah. I'm using my phone currently for other things. Um, really? Uh, is. I don't know. I guess the, the thing would be if High Point was the team on top, I could definitely see them not wanting to give it to High Point because High Point was getting smoked in a game that ended up getting interrupted by rain and then never picked back up. So it was before it was official, so it went nowhere. So I could see the league being like, we don't want to reward that necessarily. And I could see Gastonia being like, yo, what the hell are we doing here? Um, so I think I suspect that was it. If it's the other way around, I don't see the justification for giving a co-champ playing to High Point. I think that's the way it was. I think High Point might have been up top, but only because of that uh, that incomplete game. If I could go conspiracy mode for a second here, imagine if this is because they're like, hey, Gastonia's been a pretty big embarrassment to us so far this year. We don't want to reward them with anything. And we figure they'll be gone by year's end anyway, so High Point could just wind up claiming the thing. Yeah, and on that, to, I mean... Two Rick White notes related here, especially yeah. Gastonia. He is, uh, as many know, they're based out of Lancaster, the league is, but yeah. uh, Rick is not in Lancaster tonight. Rick is, in fact, in Gastonia apparently tonight, oh. which is interesting. Um, and I might have something. I'm going to pause our conversation for one minute here because I just got a potential news thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, which is literally related to Rick and Gastonia as you were saying that. Like it literally, the text <laughs> the came timing. through on my watch. Yeah, it's crazy. So. I'm just going to read what what I got sent because I couldn't see the whole message. All right. Um, I'll read out loud. So it's like you're involved, too. Okay. Um, the crowd's involved, too. Rick White went to the city council meeting in Gastonia, according to another season ticket holder. A lot of talking happened over the past two days. That meeting was, it was city council meeting last night, apparently. Well, I will look into what the hell that was, but well, that's unfortunate. So to wrap it up, Rick is already in Gastonia because he was at a city council meeting this week. But essentially, yeah, I would not be surprised if that was also part of the consideration that... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, they're doing pitching change right now, so it might be chaotic for a second. We'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm good to follow you in this conversation wherever you want to go. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, that's just the way it goes for the second half crown there. There's a lot going on with that. Um, as far as the Gastonia update involving Rick White going to uh, a city council meeting, I suppose we'll have more on that for next week's show. Uh, yes, it's, we will. it's a bit of a loaded situation. Obviously, as you can tell, it's kind of a flyby uh, night thing because we're recording on a Wednesday, which is very odd for us. Uh, yeah. But the situation called for it, so that's where we're at. So that's why this next bit, we're just going to go right into the playoff talk at this point because I think that's really the the important part of the week. There's, I guarantee you there's going to be at least one more champion crown by the time this comes out. It's a matter of whether or not that's being played on Wednesday or Thursday 
with a title on the line because Kansas City is currently up two to one in their series. But we have two champions that we know about. They're locked in. We're going to get to them first and then we'll run through it from there. We'll open up in the Pioneer League on that front. And I'm going to pause. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a loud ass Kirsten music in the background, Gary Granitz is making his appearance. So uh, it's unavoidable at a Lancaster game uh, to not have crazy loud Christian music whenever Granitz comes in. So it just comes to the territory over here. So sorry about that. That's fine. You know, I don't. I didn't even pick it up, so it's all good there. Aha, let's go. It's working out. Yeah. They're excited. They are very excited, man. Yeah, well, Granite's man gotta be hyped. Submarine for the for the number six team in the nation. I mean, I, I don't understand how you cannot be that excited. Hey, man. <laughs> we'll get to the ranking later that. too, because oh no, god, we're going around it's worth discussing. That. Yeah. Any case, uh, Pioneer League. Uh, the Ogden Raptors swept the Billings Mustangs two games to nothing, a 7-4 and a 7-5 victory in both of those. Uh, kind of followed the same script on both counts there. Ogden really got one big inning, and then there would be a late push from Billings that would fall just a little too short. It's Ogden's first title uh, since 2017, so their first since joining the partner league ranks, as much as I detest saying that. Man, I don't even know what to say about that series. It was, It was like... One, it wasn't even as close. Like, like, it, not, I'm so blown away that Ogden won. <laughs> like, first yeah. of, I don't even know what to make it. Like, I wish I could be like, well, here's how it went. They just showed up and like a better, more complete team than Rocky Mountain and Billings. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, it's because their pitching showed out all of a sudden. It's like, no, nah, they were just a better ball club. And yeah. was over that week, like, it's just they hell, picked the right time for, for a four game win streak. Yeah, man. It really just. And after the first Rocky Mountain game, I was like, this team is rude. But boy, and honestly, a little bit, again, self-satisfied with this as well. I mean, just with the, the amount of chatter from Billings, calm it down, everybody. Oh, God. My Mustangs, they got put down. Someone's upset that they call them out because they don't get ranked. Although, at this point, I don't think I can rank Billings anymore. Should I rank Ogden? What do you want from me here, Nick? Do you want to rank Ogden now? No. <laughs> You tell me Ogden, after winning a title, doesn't deserve to be ranked? Not not to mention, beyond this, sorry to move on from the ranking, but also, like, one of my posts with, like, the odds had, like, the Billings gang hop in there, <laughs> hyping it up, like, I'd rather be dead than from Missoula. You're like, yo, shut up. Dude. Hey, Yellowstone, shut it, right? Right? No one asks. And don't make me explain probabilities to you, because it's not... It's not about what I'm saying is going to happen. I'm saying what just the math says, buddy. So don't get mad at me. I know I know you haven't. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. I like Montana. Good people. But the Billings gang, man, watch out for them. They, they got hype. The Mustangs. It's quite the read, though, if anybody wants to go back and check that one. How can you not be hyped about the Mustangs? And Yo, stang, 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 baby. Stang gang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. You annoyed the Stang gang, and that's what happens. <laughs> I'm well, I so should have known better. I'm so upset. There's like four different episode titles all for this show, one show. <laughs> Just keep dropping new ones in parentheses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Any case, back to talking about Ogden. Yeah, they showed up as a better overall team. Uh, the thing is, like, if you look at it across the board, it's kind of like 
if you had almost like Ogden totally just phoned in the second half and they were actually the first half team, they just were like, what do we have to play for? Why would we do that for the whole second half? While Billings was, you know, fighting and they were going for it. So I almost wonder if it's like almost a Sussex County type thing where like they had to fight for so long and so hard just to get in. And then they managed to really like throw into overdrive to get through Missoula that then they hit Ogden and they were like, yeah, we lost like one game in the last 10 days. So we're just going to go ahead and quickly beat the hell out of you and move along with our day. Yeah. And I, I'll have to go back and look. I, if I'm being honest about it, Ogden didn't play enough interesting baseball in the second half for me to like dissect their pitcher usage, but I'll, I'll give it a revisit because I, I, I do find baseball is one of those sports and which is why I think the second half thing is so funny for baseball. Like mm. I think it's one of those sports where like you really can gain a lot. Like you can still get reps for all your hitters throughout like an extra month and a half of baseball. But it's those moments where, all right, you played an 11 inning one that required, you know, that had a lot of runs required a lot of pitching last night. This game, you know, you can really try to secure your win by bringing in the extra arm again, but he was thrown two straight nights, and you can just kind of sit back and go, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to go to maybe a, a guy who's not as good high leverage, and just if we win it, we win it, because we have that, you know, that flexibility to do that, and it just prevents those, like, one, those situations where, like, one game can burn a guy for, like, the next week or so, and then that, you know, if he's not getting rest during that week, then it builds up. Like, there's a lot of guys where you see a busy weekend for them, and then the drop-off starts for, like, the next month, and it's also just like distributing the innings, really being able to roll the dice on giving guys different shots and different opportunities, knowing that even if it goes sideways, you're fine. So, yeah, man, it, there's so many ways it benefits you. And I feel like every day I'm still finding new ones. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting setup. And it's one which has its pros and its cons. But I still, it is surprising to see Ogden, though, because it's a total flip switch. Like, there's 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 resting guys and there's not using guys in certain situations and playing conservative baseball and knowing like okay the second half is nothing to us but then there's also whatever the hell Ogden was doing and to go from essentially like almost a dead stop to a full on yeah. sprint in like next to no time is still extremely impressive now, I do think they, they showed some sign about a week before. I think they had a six-game win streak in the middle. I do think, if I remember, it was like against maybe Idaho Falls. And if it wasn't, wow. sorry for the, the ricochet on that one there, Idaho Falls. But, um, Speaking of so, it, you know, there's kind of an asterisk on it, but, like, they did seem to tune it up for about a week there and, you know, check that the motor was running okay. So, you know, we, maybe we should have known <laughs> that there was something to it. But I mean, even um, still, though, just a week to get ready and get going is still not, like, a ton of time. True. No time to. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the one side, you know, you can use that opportunity. I feel like the Ducks maybe in twenty twenty one had a couple guys in the bullpen who were good options who, I think, were like from D two backgrounds or something like that. Like where they were able to give those guys a shot because they won the first half and like really see if they were legit. But on the other side, yeah, I guess you know if if you were the only you know put the the your foot down all the way for that like last week or so. If that engine ain't running the way you want it to, you can't do much about it. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's an interesting setup there. But, yeah, overall, uh, interesting way it winds up shaking out, even if it winds up being not that interesting. It's, you know, we expected something different, and we got 
Uh, obviously, not what we expected. So, uh, good on the Raps. They managed to get it done. And uh, I don't think Ryan's going to be allowed in Billings, Montana now. So, we'll, Sorry, be, Billings. we'll add him to the list of... Uh, a thing, well, we'll add Billings to the list of people he's probably offended in the last two weeks, including the WNBA and the Long Island Ducks. So that's how it goes, man. Yeah. Um, the WNBA knew what was up. Um, good, good level of desperation in this game from the Ducks, by the way. Like, yeah. considering it's only one nothing right now, which, by the way, love a five game series, hate a three game series. That's also something related to the Pioneer League situation, but yeah. um. But yeah, man, game two here, they had the infield in all the way, uh, like an inning go in the fifth. And then now they got Franklin Van Gerp out there. He's gone 31 pitches. I think he went about 25 last night. See? So riding them for uh, middle of the game here, sixth inning. Interesting to see. They've definitely, I mean, I get it. And they have an off day tomorrow. But it's still just very uh, interesting to see the Ducks feeling this, um, I guess, urgent about this. So with that, I kind of want to audible to the Atlantic League, but the problem with audibling over there is we've only played one game so far. We're in the middle of two other games, and our, there's a very decent chance that when this comes out, the series is, will be over. Yeah, there's a chance. So, I think last I saw Gastonia, it's got a 4-0 lead on high point, though, so maybe it's uh, maybe that one's a little less likely, but yeah. definitely Lancaster's... I mean, they're holding on to a 4 1 lead in the six here. We'll see. Long Island tried to make it interesting last night, so still could. All right. We'll see. Um, then let's I'll go for Frontier League for now, okay. and then we'll come back here because we have uh, some finality over there, and that is Quebec. Uh, they defend their title. They beat the Evansville Otters in five to retain the crown. Uh, they won both games in Canada via the walk-off. Evansville answered back with a Game 3 blowout and a very close Game 4, uh, very much decided by a throwing error by the Quebec pitcher that allowed uh, a run or two to score. I believe it was two runs scored, which took it from a 2-1 Quebec game to a 3-2 Evansville game, and that wound up being the final score in Game 4. Game 5, though, was not particularly close. It was a Quebec blowout of 12-3 to to secure that one, so... That's how it kind of goes, as we have the carnival in the background. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, first of all, it's C. It's under C, damn it. It's <laughs> under C. Damn it. So I'd be an idiot. My dad was right about me. Um, and we so, listen to this guy. <laughs> great audio medium. Uh, to the point, I, I guess. Uh, the, the thing I just want to interject to say is how many games? Uh, we should go back and count how many games in this playoff across the four leagues have been determined. Like, we're determined by, like, just bad fundies. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's just... They, it's a lot, man. I know, man. It, like, it seems like it's an uptick. Like, maybe it's always been there, and I've just had never really been that much on it. But this year feels really bad about it. Where yeah. just routine plays not being made, routine throws not being made. And it's like, as a professional ball player, that can't happen. Yeah. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm counting seven at this point. Yeah. Um, and that's just, again, I know I'm probably missing a couple. There's little things where I wasn't watching at the time and doesn't show up in the box score. But, um, yeah, man. And, and again, I'm trying to think of MLB wise, like, I guess that maybe happens, but I'll definitely be paying more attention to it this year for the MLB playoffs because I, I saw it as more of a trend and across like every league so far, too, if I'm thinking. Mm. It happened, the Pioneer League had some issues. Well, Pioneer League wasn't that bad fundamentals in those games, but. Yeah. 
Um, Apparently, there's some umping issues. Oh in no, game the too, Missoula but... base running. Yeah, yeah, the Missoula base running. Yeah. That oh yeah. Really stuck. Um, and so you know, it was only they only had eight games in the playoffs. So if it's one out of eight, or maybe even a second one out of eight, same thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think we've had it in every league. Um, anyway, sorry to the point. Yeah, so that was game three, correct? If I'm counting correctly. Uh, in game game four was a throwing error, but yeah. Ah, that's right. Okay, it's all running together. Okay. Ugh, um, yeah, man. Then Quebec <laughs> game five. Jesus. <laughs> like it feels like Quebec is the kind of team where it's just like you push them a little bit, and then they're just like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm supposed to bludgeon you to death. My mistake. Yeah. Like it happened with New Jersey too, where it's just like they win a very weird game one, and. Really, like, they get by in it. It wasn't a dominating win, but still, impressive nonetheless. And Quebec's answer was, yeah, hold on one second. I just got to bludgeon you for, like, 27 runs over the next two games. And uh, then that'll be that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, oh, it just step back. Quebec, man. That's a yeah. damn good team. I mean, we knew. Great organization. But, like, the way... The way they beat up on Jersey, which is a conversation as well, but like yeah. then just turning around and like Evansville, the way they just, I mean, the comebacks on Evansville, I love the team. That, like, I think that's a, a good hallmark of uh, the hallmark of a good team is one that eighth and ninth inning, that thing's not over. Um, and uh, yeah, man, then the way they finished off Evansville in that last game, that was something. Like, I, I like. I like when it's like, all right, there's no doubt who the better team was here. I think we're all cool with that. And yeah. I think that's, uh, it seemed to be the case. Exactly. And like, honestly, I give a lot of props to Evansville too. They yeah. pushed them to the brink in games one and two. And I said last week, you know, a baseball game's not decided by two pitches. That's, that's not how baseball works. But they were, in a sense, two pitches away from beating that Quebec team. Obviously, again, not how that works. But, you know, they... They played them close in three, well, more than three or four. In four or five games, they played them close. Now, unfortunately, they in those closely fought games, the record was, what, two and two? So it wasn't quite good enough to get it done. But even still, I think it's a testament to a team that I think would be fair to say was one of the weaker teams coming in. Probably either them or Sussex is the weakest two playoff teams. And I probably would lean a little bit more Evansville. Just because before then we didn't have an actual postseason result to go off of, yeah. so just judging off of regular season results. Fair, because I was going to say I felt Schaumburg was down there, but yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and also with the case of Schaumburg, they have postseason success to point back to. They had a championship yeah. and uh, finals appearance, so it's like okay, well, you made the finals in the last two years. I'm inclined to believe you're going to win the wild card game, especially when you beat Evansville last year in the wild card. Yeah. Oh, controversial. I think that was a ball. Sorry. Uh, more umpires at Lancaster Ballpark than any ballpark I've ever been in, including Major League Parks. And uh got to say, they were all over the guy last night, and I think he only missed, like, two obvious ones. Anyway. Um, powerful walk, by the way. Starting to perk up after a foot injury here. Um, so, yeah. Um, Evans, I mean, whether it's two pitches away or not, yeah. It can't be argued they damn near won four in a row <laughs> yeah. to, to, against Quebec, which when was the last time Quebec lost four in a row to somebody? Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I think definitely put the league on notice, that's for sure, and showed, like, hey, like we got this. I, I think there's no way you can put together next year's, you know, 
uh, I guess, preview without thinking of Evansville in his current form and maybe the slight improvement as one of the front runners and maybe the top four of that league. It's certainly, I would just caution with the one top thing five. Of- Tri City exists. Well, yeah, but Tri City may also be having some uh, some changes being made. So, you know that that's something to put on there. Plus, in the case of Tri City, you know Quebec's going to be ahead of them. Uh, and yes. There's always a good team or two over in the east side of things, so they're going to have that in front of them as well. But I would say that with Evansville, was that a younger roster or an older roster? I genuinely don't know. I would have to check the the blast, the roster to see uh, the classifications. If I recall, I think it was slightly younger. However, okay. not a hundred percent on that one. Right. Um, if it's younger and the returning guys, then yeah, they're a top team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And now it's also worth considering when we're talking about top teams in our league. I think uh, I would not expect the same Jersey team to come back. Yeah. I just do. I think there's going to be a lot of roster turnover there, and I would not. I would be surprised to see them uh, in a, with a similar look in, in basically any way coming into next season. Mm. Yeah, so, and I wonder then what happens over there because it showed now at least it's less scary as a pitcher, even though I think still they're kind of like, hey, I don't necessarily believe that number there. I could believe what I see, which is a short wall and a short field. But that's part of it. And then as a batter, too, you saw everybody else put up a bunch of really good numbers. And unless some of those guys start getting really picked up, it's like, okay, how many guys actually got signed from here because of the offensive production they had? Yeah. So that may be tougher as well to get new people in there who can't have that same kind of, or the potential of the success isn't as bright as it used to be, I should say. Yes, I understand. Um, yeah, I think you're right on that one. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, to say it, I would be surprised if PJ comes back to that team. And and what PJ has shown, I think, is, you know, he's a, he's good at managing a game, but he's very good at putting together a roster. And I think that's a, a lot of those guys are like PJ guys. They played with him before. I mean, he said he was filling Lexington's roster with guys who had in the Pacific Association. So, uh, and it worked out. So I think Jersey, it's going to be hard to replicate. That's for sure. I mean, we saw... Yeah. Even, you know, while Lexington was not good last year, playing with basically a hand tie on their back, we saw what Barry Lyons did there this year with that organization and that roster. It was not not good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was not a good year for them. But, no. yeah, overall, though, I do find it interesting, though, as we wrap it up, in addition to the fact that Quebec now has nine overall titles, and Ooh. I feel like they're a favorite to hit 10 before anybody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Besides the fact that they're obviously the closest, they're one away, and a three-peat sounds kind of crazy, but you're also like, it's Quebec. Is it? Is it? Because here's the thing. Break it down this way. It, Quebec, all they need... All right, so they got to be top three in their league out of eight. I don't... I, I would be surprised. Again, it's easy to miss a three, but as long yeah. as they're top three... Then are you picking really anybody against them head to head? Look, we don't know what the roster will be next year, but uh, this was not really the team that they showed up with in 2022 or 2021, and they still managed to put together a good year. And remember, even early on, it didn't even look as promising. It still came around. So they've shown like it's one of those things where it's like even if things go sideways, Quebec's going to Quebec <laughs> essentially. So yeah. it's so hard to pay against them. And That's the it, while it is harder to make the three team playoff, I think it, like you know three per division, the sixteen playoff. Yes, um, I, I think it's 
easier to see them winning their way through it, especially when they might just mean they only need to win two series if they get that top spot. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, like what I come back to is they have more titles than losing seasons. It's unreal. It's just like such a paragon of success that's like, I don't want to say like a three-peat is ever likely, but if there's a team to do it, it's them. They have such potential there. Dominate a team and get it done. And I also look like where else across the board is the challenge coming from? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody's equipped for it. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, Tri-City, sure, they're close, but they've had every opportunity to make their case and they have not done so. Um, then also, are they a team that makes the playoffs and then makes noise, or are they a team that makes the playoffs and then is kind of done? Right. Because I could also, yeah, that's a good point too. And and you look at Sussex, I wouldn't bet on Sussex necessarily. Uh, yeah, on the other end, you got Jersey, which I just said, they could fall off. So you're looking at the other teams who could take their spot. It's like Tri-City. It's uh, possibly Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa, maybe New York. Um, yeah, the but Bulls I don't are see good. Any of them? Choice. None of them make me go. Uh oh! Like I don't think Quebec is like. I mean, you see it in the Atlantic League. Like Long Island feels like they they built their roster last year to beat Lexington, assuming they would be there. I feel like you know, Gastonia and High Point are building rosters to beat each other. I think Quebec ain't building a roster to beat anybody. Uh, Quebec's just building the best team they got, and building it with some dudes who finally like play hockey. Like it, <laughs> and it just they kill, and it, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's also the beauty of them is that they just find a way to keep doing it. And I've really enjoyed watching the post-championship celebration where it genuinely seems like the whole province is happy and excited for them winning. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I love to see that. Yeah, it's just um, like they are the they are the, the fulfillment of the potential of what you could be in an indie ball market. Oh, I know, right? And now, all right, I'll, I'll give a side thought here because it's something I actually talked about with uh, Jackie last night at the first game last year, because uh, I tweeted something about it too. I'm always surprised how, not surprised, I'm always impressed how checked in the crowd is in Lancaster. Big crowd, small crowd, whatever. I'm always, there. the crowd's in it in a yeah. way that I don't find at many other parks. Like, every park at this level has those those fiercely loyal few people, whether they're like, you know, um, they're the, the host family or the family members or just the season ticket holders at every game who, who knows everything and knows everybody and like you know they're checked in we have a term um, for those but, people flow sports subscribers i was gonna say uh people listening to this podcast um uh, them too yes <laughs> but um i like i wonder because quebec obviously has that uh, we found ottawa seems to have that i would kind of even thought winnipeg might have that but it's tough to tell sometimes from the the, the feed yeah. but um, there's definitely a few that do. And I wonder, is that a area thing or is that like a fostered thing? Like, a, and, and that's not something we have to answer today, but I'm just putting it out there. If anybody has, you know, inside knowledge or opinions on that, I'd love to know. And it, maybe I'll dive deep into it and we'll bring it back up in the off season about sort of making a fan base for lack of a better term, because it, it is, it's very interesting. Like, uh, Lexington, even at their best, I was there last year during the playoff. Not last year, not last year, obviously. Um, <laughs> in the 2021 playoff run, as I was signing my life away, um, <laughs> to work for them the next year, um, they uh, like that fan. Like they had the best offense in Lancaster yesterday. They're very good pitching team, even uh, though they had dropped off in the second half. And that fan base, there's no energy. And it, part of that is, you know, that's a tough example because it was obviously a, a market having another issue. But you know. 
it's not just like, well, they're good teams. Of course they're checked in. It's like, no, nah, man, like, I don't know. I think there's something more to it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just say that to say, maybe we'll have to dig into that down the road to maybe invite anybody who might have some insight into that to, to hit me up. Yeah. It's like, I wonder if it is a bit of a, a location based thing where you have a group of people that are kind of like fervent diehard fans, but maybe not of that sport. And so when that sport is over, like in the case of, say, of Quebec, they're obviously hockey first. But when hockey's done by May, it's like, well, hey, what else are we going to do? And then baseball's right there to kind of pick them up, and it wraps up right before hockey starts. So you're like, hey, you know, I might as well go all in on that. Maybe it's also a little bit, to some degree, of really picking up. And Like, again, I'm just using Quebec as a sample size here. Of, look, we lost the Expos. We lost... The Nordiques, we've lost a lot of these teams here. We want to show that, look, it's not us. It's ownership. It's something other than the fans because the fans show up and they always do for that. Now, obviously, the Quebec's been around since before the Expos left. But even still, I think there is something there. In the case of like a Lexington, maybe the reason it's partially dead is it's also kind of a college city where mm-hmm. it's like yeah. UK is where what it is. So... You know, you're less apt to get excited for a uh, for a baseball game that doesn't really involve the University of Kentucky. That could be it. No, I agree. And look, I mean, and to be clear, like the University of Kentucky baseball team doesn't draw either. They have a new stadium, so yeah. that's something. That's a bigger issue than on Lexington. Now, I'll circle back on that in one sec too. But to close, sort of my thoughts on the Quebec thing, I also think there's a very interesting way that they've leaned in to like the culture and the people there and like they've been like we are not a baseball team that is dropped into and bestowed upon quebec like we are quebec's baseball team yeah and like i think that shows in multiple ways like it's it seems obvious to lean you know it, it seems obvious to do everything in french when you're in a french location but like insisting on it like insisting yeah. on the name being in French, I think you know. Obviously, Trois Rivières is doing the same thing, yeah. but like, I, I, it's the way they represent. It's not like they change when they leave. Like they are the same. Like that is, yeah. they are that team. And like the way they like have, they, they do. I, I keep on the social media. They do a good job, and they seem to do really genuine work with their one with their connections to like the local like local teams or whatever else going on there. But also when they have promotions, like. They don't phone it in, and it, I think it leaves everyone with a really good taste of like, hey, like they're going to give it their all. We should also like we, you know, we uh, people respond to that. Like, yeah. I talked to at one point about they had some concert. I swear, I swear it could have been like four non blondes or something, or one of the people from it maybe. It, it was a rain game, so it was the rain delay, and then they decided to end it. And still, there was a bunch of people in the crowd there for the concert. They like had her, I think, on like a truck bed behind home plate, and like people were like dancing in the rain, and like there were players out there. I think even messing around, like it was like a vibe, vibe. and 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 it's just that lean in, like it's not lean in, like I think there's people, there's organizations who see a culture and like a dominant culture that makes that could make things challenging to get attention, and they try to like lean out, they lean away from that, like steer away and find their own lane. And I think there's something to that, but I think it's also something to fully being like, no, like, what do you like? We like it too. We're in. And like genuinely want to enjoy it with you. And uh, with that as a side too, you did mention the whole idea of like partially the, the idea that maybe the Quebec fans are like, it ain't us. And they want to show that. 
and since we did bring up Lexington, I'll mention like there was the rumor that came up this week. With no, I got nothing to substantiate at this point other than hearing it from two people that um, the former owner, not the most recent, but like I think the longtime owner that was down there, that even I believe his mustache inspired the Legends logo, um, it appears to be a potential, you know, new owner, I guess, slash taking re ownership. So I don't know. There's a lot of complications there. So I don't know if that's legit or not. But but it made me wonder if that were to happen, would people come back either as like, no, nah, it ain't us. Like we're here when you do a good job, because uh, he was well liked, if I recall, um, or just to be like f you to older ownership, which is possible too. Yeah. Um, as I was seeing Lancaster last night, hearing somebody joke about the counterclocks and next to me. So that's you know. There's a lot of things going on there in Lexington, so we can move on because that's not the topic of the playoffs, but it's, it is interesting to see the juxtaposition. It definitely... I mean, honestly, like a, a small market Frontier League team against a big market Atlantic League team and the different results it is interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. And honestly, like for large chunks of the season, I've totally forgot that they changed their name to Counterclocks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Like that's got to be a failure of a rebrand when it's just like I don't even remember. It occurred to me last night because we talked about um, that. I think last week maybe we talked about that company that did the rebrand, uh, the logo, or maybe it was two weeks ago that did the flying boxcars logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's them. There's Brandiose, and usually when they roll a name, they'll they'll you know give a shout out to the brand design, like the the companies, and they didn't do that in Lexington. And I do wonder if they did that in house. One, based on the the, the outcome, and yeah. two, also based on like how defensive the front office seemed when people like kind of jumped on it. Like um, they did have somebody for the genomes one that was like a friend, I think, uh, that maybe might have paid a grand or something, like a friend of the owner. But I don't know. It's interesting to see. But I, I think at that point, maybe we already saw that. You know. Yeah, maybe things were turning out a little more expensive than they would have thought because they rushed out a rebrand without <laughs> having a big name behind it. Yeah, I mean that that's, that's getting off topic, but yeah, that's yeah. a whole situation. Yep, we can go there. back to the uh, the playoff topic. I'll follow you there. All yeah, right, yeah. So let's go back to the postseason discussion. Uh, we have the American Association, we have the Atlantic League, and that's about all we have. Uh, on that front there. Let's go American Association. And uh, Game 1 was one hell of a Game 1 in the Miles yeah. Wolf Cup final. Uh, 3-2 Chicago win. I will say, though, it wasn't a 9-inning game. If you went, you got your money's worth. That's for damn certain. Because it went 16 innings. 1-6 on the innings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real yeah, tough. that and the thing is, shout too, out to the uh, no Ghost Runner faction, which yeah, I, yeah. however, uh, you got what you wanted. Yeah, and the neat part is, it was a two-one Chicago game until Chris Herman launched one in the top of the ninth to player of the year doing play of the year stuff, man. Yeah, to tie it up and then give us another seven innings of baseball, and we nearly got to a seventeenth inning because before Chicago managed to do a base hit, base hit basic game over there was two outs so we were very close to having this game wrapped up 
not in 16, but at least 17 innings. So we almost got two <laughs> games for the price of one on a Sunday night or a Saturday night, actually, my mistake, Saturday night. And uh, that would have been something else. But yeah, uh, man. in any case, that was game one. Kansas City remembered who they were in games two and three, uh, eight, four, nine, six, the finals. Game four is tonight. Uh, it's actually being played as we record right now. Obviously, neither one of us has access to that score. And even more obvious, even if we did, it wouldn't really matter because that series is going to be over either today, the 20th, or tomorrow, the 21st, either way. And this comes out on the 23rd. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. So we'll talk more in-depth about the series next week when it's wrapped up and all is well and good there. But, um, yeah, so far, Kansas City seems to be, you know, the Kansas City we remember them to be, which is second time through, third time through. They're going to start to really light you up. And they're yeah. a team that's going to win the games they got to win, and they have been doing that so far. Yeah, congratulations, Kansas City Monarchs, on your uh, American Association title, man. Great job. Never in doubt. You guys, I mean, blew them out. We knew it. Um, and congratulations, Chicago Dogs. What a comeback. Absolutely incredible. Never doubt you guys for a second. The crowd's going wild for you. Really proud. <laughs> hey, I mean, they do have a former Chicago Dog on the mound. <laughs> Oh my God! Feel free to. Uh, I, what I really want you to do is to inconvenience yourself completely and find a way to edit that once the series is over. There's a real chance here that that series is over by the time I get to this in the edit, sure. and I just cut out that part. My man, <laughs> don't worry. I'll Brian's cut the, the winning team. I'll cut them out. So the interesting thing, though, about the American Association series so far, uh, JJ January is behind the plate again. Oh, God. He's part of the crew. So it must have been one hell of a conversation he had with Josh Schaub. I looked back. Um, the calls, all right, I mean, as I could track, I don't have good access on American Association inside day and the data. So just had to eyeball it and, you know, how the flaws of that methodology. But the, um, I mean, the calls weren't that bad. There was a lot of chirping on borderline calls, but I think for the most part, they were right. And if not, they weren't egregious. Um, maybe only a couple was like, Hey guy, like, what are we doing here? But still the, the quick trigger on the, the, the ejections is fascinating, man. It, it seems like something the league would really want to get away from. Meanwhile, in the, uh, in the, uh, <laughs> South division in the Atlantic league, they have North division umpires I'm hearing down there because they, they had such a, a mess with oh, the umpire yeah. crews and those two teams. So yeah, so I guess it could be worse, but still it's, and, and to put them behind home plate is a bold one too. Yeah, no, he's crazy. Yeah, I believe he only umped the one game from behind home plate, but uh, he is part of the crew, so he's getting that game. Uh, So it's just an interesting way that winds up shaking out there. So uh, it's that's an interesting series all the way around here. Chicago's also put up a lot of fight, too. They made game three interesting towards the end and what should have been a blowout. So I'll give them credit on that. But uh, trying to outlast Kansas City is a very difficult thing to do. Oh, I know. They're worried down, man. It's a really complete team. It's a war of attrition with them. So, yeah. um, on that note, we'll switch to the Atlantic League to try and wrap this thing up. This is going back to like how long these shows used to be back in like May and <laughs> April, and before, before Ryan started it. showing up and making them twice as long, three times Love as it. long. That's on me. All it took was putting them in a public setting to do this to get us back to a regular scheduled time. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, what's the uh, the the pineapple dress line? Uh, Pandora doesn't go back in the box. Pandora only comes out of the box. <laughs> uh, 
god. The good news is, though, being that we're talking Atlantic, like the first one on the docket is the game he's reporting live from. So yes, why don't you tell us about games? Early. Why don't you tell us about games one and two? Yeah, man. Uh, game one, Lancaster jumped out early, then coughed it up. Uh, Lancaster had, or Long Island had a nice comeback, got it to four four, and then uh, down the second half of the game, Lancaster put up some runs, ended up winning. I want to say eight to four if I was right off the top of my head. I forget if they got one across. In the, they uh, might have got one across. Yeah, the final score game one was nine five. Yeah. Um, at that point, I was walking, so I wasn't using the scorecard. But um, the thing that stuck out to me were four errors from Long Island in game one. And there were some ugly ones. There were some costly ones. There was, um, yeah, people were hard on the ump. So I thought Wally Bachman was going to murder somebody. With, uh, there was an interesting play where they went to. So, oh, there were two. There was actually, I think it was there was an interference called against Lancaster at one point, but then there was one against Long Island where his base is loaded. There was a dribbler out front, and um, Hector Sanchez runs out to get to the plate so he can get the force out at home and turn the double play at first. Okay, um, and bumps into the the batter and. You know, he ends up, they finished double play, but they, the Umps got together and called it back and said it was interference. I, it's a hot take, but I think it was the right call. Uh, but the real interesting piece of it was that, um, you know what? You, the, the interference, that was after an interference had already been called on a double play attempt where the ball got, um, yeah, so that happened, first of all. That was going to end the inning. Yeah. It didn't. It ended up being a run scores and no out counts, which is wild. But okay, because I, I guess I see that because he only got to home plate because he committed interference. So okay, no run, no none of the outs should count. Fair. Yeah. Um. But then this was after they went to turn double play and like when he uh, went to throw one, he decided to the shortstop decided to run the ball to the bag. I'm trying to remember who was playing short at the time. I think it was Ruben Tejada. Uh, instead of flipping it, so he runs it and then goes, so he doesn't get to the bag in time, goes to jump over the base runner, throw to first, and like knees him in the dome <laughs> and then throws it in the dugout. So not only was it uh, a, a total sequence. miscue on what could have been a double play, but it turned into an interference on the runner because he could have started toward third if he wanted to, but he had run to. So since he was already getting awarded the bag, they I, it ended up being the guy from first base got to third and the guy who just slid the second got to home i was like I, it made sense when you broke it down but it looked like i was like yo that i'm just gonna get shot bro <laughs> like it was it was tense um yeah. but yeah man it, it, but it was just bad defense it all could have been fixed just by you know not launching them onto the dugout or by making the proper decision with the flip or letting the runner get past you understanding you have time to make that turn with uh uh, was it Sandoval at the time? I'm trying to remember. It was, yeah, it was Sandoval running, so they would have been fine. But, yeah, man, just confusing bad defense from the Ducks. Like, the defense in game one, they had a couple errors for Lancaster, too, but it was not anything egregious, really. One one bad throw really stuck out, but that was about it. Um, oh, stuck out. Oh. That's a questionable call. Just like three. Um, and what inning are we in currently? Top of the eighth. Oh, Long okay. Island. Oh, we're, we're arguing. Brantley Bell. Brantley Bell's had a bad series. He's he's pretty over. He was yelling last night about balls and strikes, but he was he was wrong about that last night. So I don't know what today. So JJ Carlos January Castro. went loud with this. Oh, I'll give you some play by play. You got Carlos Castro involved now. No Bachman though. Bachman's staying in. Wally Bachman's staying in the dugout. Oh, oh, he's up. He was taking a piss. 
Um, they need JJ January to get control of this game. Yeah, they're splitting up. They, they said his piece while he's heading back. I mean, I don't think it was that bad of a call for me, honestly. He's about there. Um, anyway, I don't really have great angle either, so whatever. But uh, yeah, then game two, I mean, four to one right now, and uh, a bunch of that's come from bad defense from the Ducks again. It's just really interesting to see. It's not the Ducks team I'm used to seeing, that's for sure. Um, yeah, what do we have here? We had uh, an error that led to a run in the second. We had an error that led to a run in the fourth. And then we had like another one that probably should have been an error in the fourth that led to another run. So crazy stuff. Man. It's really, it just Lancaster seems like they've been here before. And the Ducks are like they haven't for a team of so many major leaguers. Class, really good to see. You know, it's, I almost wonder if it's because they have the major leaguers on there that I don't want to say it doesn't matter to them, but it doesn't mean the same thing as it does for the guys that are not, you know, major league guys. That, like, it means Maybe. something a little bit different when it's like, this could be the highest I get to again in my career. That's interesting perspective. We look at it a lot as like, oh man, are they choking? But maybe it's just the last focus. They're ready to go home type of thing. I was thinking about it from the other angle, which I don't know that there's an organization that has more pressure internally to win a championship than the Ducks. True. So that, there could be that aspect too, but I don't see that getting to a lot of the guys on the team. So you might have a, a, a correct perspective on that. That's interesting. I, I haven't bothered that way, but it does. It feels like our potential option there. Yeah. Yeah. That, or it could just be another case of just poor fundamentals coming into play. We've seen that obviously throughout every other series. So like, why would it not come into play here? I mean, sometimes it's just guys trying to do too much. And I mean, especially if you realize like we're running out of time in the year. If you have a chance to make some sort of highlight real player show off that, hey, I still have the athleticism, this is your really only, your really only chance to get it done. So you might as well try and take advantage of that thing of it's a damn long season, bro. Like it, it could just be guys that are tired or a little banged up and they're, they're doing what they can to make the play that maybe they would have even not even tried to make before and that's where it's going sideways. So who knows? Mm. Um, the, the Gastonia High Point series have been a banger too, by the way. That was, that one actually was game one. Yeah, no, let's switch over to that then. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, 3-1 final for High Point in 10 in Game 1. Obviously, Game 2 is tonight. 3, 4, and 5 to follow. Um, overall, that series has been back and forth. And these are two of the... Hold up. Oh, damn. Out of the ballpark, baby. Oh. Woo. Oh, damn, yo. That is... Oh, my God. That's a bomb. Uh, you can edit all this whole thing. That went so far, dude. It clipped the tent. It clipped the tent on top of the patio, first of all. But, yo, it rolled. I mean, it's still rolling, bro. It's so far. It's still rolling. That's a shot. Okay, we're going to need to know who hit the shot. And Yeah, absolutely. One sec. I, I got to check the scorecard here because I wasn't. I, I had gotten up and wandered off to actually check the bullpen out for a second. Yeah, that was Andretti Cordero. I mean, to the moon, dude. To the moon. I see it, which is laying in the parking lot across the street, which if you're aware of Lancaster Stadium, is the the right the right field wall is short, but like depth wise it is pretty high. But then there's a patio deck on top of that. Beyond that, there's a walkway patio. Then it's I would say about fifty feet, sixty maybe. I'm trying to think what twenty yards it's like maybe seventy five feet of grass. And then a wide four lane, what could be four lane roads, so you got parking the shoulders. Then a sidewalk with bushes on your side, 
then a parking lot. That's where the ball is. So we're, how, how long of a shot are we looking at here? Rough ass. I think the distance will come out shorter. It will be one of those things where it's like, well, like clip the patio roof and bounced over. But it's like it had so much momentum, dude. It would have probably gone that far if the roof wasn't here. Uh, it will probably... I'm trying to think what the distance well, is here. the but real like, distance. The official, the... the official, okay, the official might be about 325, but like the full distance without anything in the way to hit it, it probably would have gone about 350 or 360. And then by the thing, that time that thing stopped rolling, we're looking over 400 for sure. Damn. Yeah. Like we're... to like pulled hard right field. Like it's crazy. It just wasn't like 400 center. It's like 400 all the way to right where you don't need to put a ball at center. Like it's crazy. That was that was a shot. That was one of those ones where everyone in the park went, "Oh, okay." <laughs> well, in any case, there's high point. <laughs> Sorry, yes, high point Gastonia. Yeah. So, oh, good. Lord. Yeah, number one versus number three here. It's living up to the billing so far, at least. Uh, Gastonia, they really need game two tonight. If they don't get that, uh, it's going to be a tough task to take three in a row from High Point. Evansville showed how hard it is to win three in a row, and. Uh, it is a, it's a slug them out series. This is definitely going to be a fun one. Yeah, as it stands, it's 5 nothing in the top of the ninth, so Gastonia looks close to finishing that game off. So how about that? That's a huge one for Gastonia. Yeah. can't overstate how big that is. And how about, by the way, if they can hold this, it will be three runs in, I'd, what is it? Was it 10 last night or was it 11 last night? I'm trying to think. Uh, I think 10, it was 10. 10. So 19 innings, three runs against the top offense in the league for Gastonia. That's that's impressive, man. By the yeah. way, holding Gastonia to six in nineteen innings is also impressive <laughs> from yeah. high points perspective. But yeah, yeah I, just... I don't think I was. I guess I I was aware of how good Gastonia's pitching was. I, I can't be that surprised. But just to see it head to head and back to back games holding up against high points offense is impressive. Still, yeah, when you put it under the pressure and under the. Ooh. Hector Sanchez makes a play from, uh, yeah, it was a bunt. Hector got out and made a play. I'm a big Hector Sanchez guy, and it's been a a little bit of a bummer to see him not, definitely not at uh, his full potential this year. That's a different topic entirely, but it's been, it's nice to see him maybe one more time because I feel like he's got to be calling it and moving real slow, but like, no, I'm saying like, not like, oh, he's so slow. Like, literally, like, walking back to the dugout is taking forever for him. Like, he just, it's a long career as a catcher, man. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, also, yeah. wasn't he a, a, an American Association guy for a while? He was in the American, just spent all year, came back late yeah. to Long Island. Classic Ducks move. Um, yeah, I mean. Those yeah. bus trips, man. I, I know. They wear on you. Tough, you know, when you got to get your knees, like, you know, getting some, some good circulation in your knees, that's not the situation for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, overall, though, uh, a couple of good series in the Atlantic League. They'll probably be closed out uh, by the time this show comes out, so who knows there. At the very least, they'll definitely be closed up by the next time we talk to you guys. And also, we'll have Champions League Baseball, too. That starts on the 28th. That's right. Kind of forgot uh, to that. Still more baseball. Okay, all right. Going to have uh, more. We'll then, do it. I got it. Then after that, we're on the United Baseball League. Oh, sure. go Mumbai Cobras. That's sure. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll hammer some beers at a stupid hour and I'll adopt an Australian team. That's fine. 
No, this is this isn't even an Australian team, dude. We oh, got, this is, is this the Middle Eastern one? Yep, this is one that has a team in Pakistan, India, yeah. Abu Dhabi, and Dubai. I had some friends in that one. I really got to ask some detail on that. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can, if you can drop me a reminder. I'll, I'll come back with some details. Yeah, because that's an interesting league to me. I don't know what's up with that. I'm going to also interject here. We got a discussion on the mound here between innings with the pitcher and the ump. Yeah. And now everybody's coming to coming in here to talk to them. Interesting. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's a mound issue. I feel like he's maybe talking about the mound. I don't know. It's interesting. Hang with me. This could be absolutely nothing at all, but it, it could be something interesting. All right. Well, while that's sorting itself out, we got sure. some predictions and some props to go along with here. Yes, sir. We get to that, and then hopefully by then the mound discussion has sorted itself out. Yeah, go for it. I'm. Uh, oh, it is. A groundskeeping issue, I believe. Oh. We've got a girl running in, a woman, sorry, running in. You know, between this Everyone and the looks WNBA. Small from up here, so don't, I, can, I can't pick out this. It could be a girl. It could be, in, at this point in the indie in ball team season, that could be a high school kid. <laughs> Bro. Um, God, yeah, ground screw is now out, fixing them out. Interesting. Between, That's a bummer on the ninth inning. Between this call. And your WNBA takes, I, I don't know if I could keep having you on this show. Bro, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that's uh, for a couple of reasons, but at this point, to get to get you out of here, take a Cavalcanti-esque escape. Ah, <laughs> yes. I see a lot of stone and brick walls around me, man. I got the opportunity. I, I believe that you could scale that wall. Oh, yeah. Someone has to believe. Yeah. Any case... Two uh, predictions, two props. Uh, Lancaster wins in four, High Point wins in five. Yep, and yep. I, I actually believe in both of those. Yeah, it feels like Long Island's not going to go out and sweep. I feel like they got to win at least one, but I got a feeling that it ends on Saturday for them. In the and camp. I have to believe, continued conversation, maybe the day off, High Point starts to crack Gaston's pitching at some point. Yeah, I, I also just feel overall... High points the better team, and I feel like I agree. in three anything can happen. And not to say that in five anything can ha- can't happen, but it just feels like when five's your elimination number, by that point you kind of figured it out. So, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, um, it just three is a little bit more of a fluke. Five is like okay to win three of five. You know that doesn't really happen as a fluke. I agree. Are you saying because now it's basically a three-game series? Essentially, yeah. I okay, mean, I was just checking. I was like, I, I didn't want to leave you out there if you thought it was a three-game series. I would give you the tip off on the fact that it's five. But okay, I follow you. Know, you. Like, I, I, I know, I know. And I agree completely. Yeah, it just is like I, I think that high points definitely. Well, this is obvious. High points in more danger, but I also think, I mean, on every level, like the Ducks seem so unimpressive. Lancaster seems so solid right now. Now watch the Ducks storm back and make me sound dumb. But um. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I think if Gastonia's pitching stays this hot, I could see Gastonia walking through the second four. But I do think it's, I, I if I had to pick one result in the series, it, I do have high point five. So you nailed it right, right there. I was like, yep, I cannot disagree. Yeah. So it winds up with uh, what a repeat of last year's final, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, man, I, it's good. I'm trying to remember when last rematch was. Yeah. It had to have been those, that stretch of years Long Island was there, maybe. I'm trying to. I Probably don't like a Long Island Sugarland deal. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That was it. It has to be that. So, um, yeah, it brings us into the last little bit here the two props. 
there'll be three and a half home runs in high point in round one. Um, I'll go over. I think they're going to play enough games for it. And I think the guys at a certain point, if pitching continues the way it is, are going to have to swing for the fence. <laughs> so okay. uh, I think that's, I think that that would be why I think that. Okay. And then the other one, I will what send. What do you got? Huh? Oh, for that? What do you got? Uh, yeah. See, here's the thing, like, if it was going to, if, if High Point had won tonight, I would have probably taken the under, just because I don't know if there's going to be four home runs across two games. Now, that's not a crazy high number, but it is the kind of thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, you go one night with only one of them, and it's like, okay, well, are we going to see three home runs in one night from a team? That's, you know. Not the most mm-hmm. common thing. It's not uncommon, but it's also not what you expect. Especially with the team going all in on that, too. Because if the high point took tonight, like, guessing is pulling out all the stops in game three. Exactly. So, with that said, I'm probably going to follow you. I think across three games, you know, what boils down to a home run a game and then someone just gets an, an, an additional one, I think it's very possible, especially with a Gastonia team that likes the long ball. Yeah. So... I'm inclined to go with the over on it, but I think it is close. Yeah. Um, um, talking about Gastonia, yeah, like Longball, and I was thinking about them stealing, by the way, it's underrated how fast a Lancaster is, and I've noticed it more the last two days. Just That's also forcing some of those errors from Long Island, I think. They, they stole over 200 bags this year. Yeah, you really don't think about that. No, and they led the league. I mean, uh, uh, with all those changes that were supposed to increase steals, I think they were like, uh, Gastonia was like 80 down from where they were last year. But Damn. Lancaster, then, they, they were out there 24. I mean, they also lost a couple of the big base stealers, too, in Gastonia. Also, so. yes, absolutely right. Yeah, it's not like we're comparing one to one. Yeah. But uh, last one. I will send five and a half tweets this weekend. Uh, does that include retweets? That does not include retweets. Oh, I'm going to go under. Going with the under? Understanding that's completely in control. Yeah. What are you going? See, here's the thing. I'm going to, and just for the record, I'm counting weekend as, uh, uh, let's go, you want to go 21 or 22 starting. It's going to go through 24. Okay. So okay. just traditional of Friday, Saturday, Sunday sound right? Sure. I'm fine with it. All right. So across those three days, here's what I'm thinking. Like, on one hand, I'm kind of inclined to say, yeah, I'm going to send five and a half tweets because, A, this prop, there's guaranteed to be at least one championship in there. True. Although that, that would fall under, out of the window, though. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't count. And in that case, I'm, I'm still going to take the over and solely because on Saturday I have a four-hour train ride. So... Over the course of four hours on a train, I'm going to just be tweeting random stuff when I get bored. Yeah, you're right. I'm actually going to go over. I didn't know about the train ride. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'll go over. Also, I think there's high potential for uh, some sort of Atlantic League debauchery, like typical mess they have, either umpire related or something guesting related. So, yeah, I think Fair. actually that, that, that ups the odds too. Yeah. Uh-oh. Check someone. Grounder. Huh? Drum has it. Throw to first. Picks it. Two nothing line to stay. Wow, dude. Wow. What a way. Did not show for this series. Like, it feels like it's over now, right? Like, we could just go full post-game reaction here. It feels over, right? I don't know. I could see them coming with some good energy at home. But, dude, this team does not feel... I I was not impressed with energy on this team. Here's the weird one. 
I was really shocked by the lack of energy from Backman. I mean, no lie. Like on the play, the, he had two guys arguing, two like two players and a base coach arguing out at um, behind home plate between innings there, and it took him like thirty seconds to get out. And like, not to like stereotype Wally as Wally, but like he's Wally. Like, yeah, hey. he's gonna get out and there. Back, and that's not even a, like I'm arguing about strikes. It's like his players arguing about strikes. So it, it was interesting. And last night with that controversial call, like, I do think Paul was right. But boy, zero animation from him is interesting. I wonder what the vibe is in there. It's got to be and weird. Look, conjecture. That's not me knowing anything. That's just me mm-hmm. sitting in the crowd watching baseball and going, oh, interesting. So is this the kind of Lancaster, or uh, not Lancaster, is this the kind of Long Island team that it feels like even if they win this series, it's like, and pardon the pun, they're a dead duck? That nice. Yeah. But I would say, I would, really though, I mean, I, I don't want to put it past the Ducks to come back because they're the Ducks, but yeah. also like going into the series, like the I posted, the win probabilities were really heavy on Lancaster, like, like really almost surprisingly so, and it's because the Ducks starting pitching is not good. The Ducks starting pitching is actually below average, and like for the league, not for the playoffs. And uh, the the headliner for them has been you know Rob Stock, obviously, but yeah. Stock his last outing against Lancaster gave up twelve runs in five innings. Last night he got hit. Like I don't like I don't think he can save them. I think this is a good offense, which uh, honestly got shut down tonight. But it just I think it's not a full. Like, I, I think it's a poorly constructed team, honestly. Not, I'm hesitant to be that critical of the Ducks, because they do a good job and they have a way of making it look bad, but mm. it's just not a team that wins the championship, in my opinion. Yeah, honestly, And I think that even if they survive this series, what it will take for them to survive this series, I think they could be in real trouble against either offense coming out of the South. I'm looking at my ranking here that I have written down, and I'm just thinking, like, there's no way in hell I'm ranking Long Island next week, win or lose. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just hard. So congrats, Evansville. You're going to be back in the top 10. <laughs> uh, we'll talk top 10 ranking maybe next week. Oh, yeah. Because, All right. yeah. Here, uh, yeah. So then let's wrap it up. You want to plug anything? Indieball Nation. I hope this thing didn't sound too bad. Indieball Nation on basically everything, but I hope this didn't sound too bad. Sorry if it did. Try to do a little something different and uh, get out to a game, but we'll see. I'll yeah. try to maybe set myself up for a better setup if I'm here next time. Huh. Well, we'll find out how bad it is in the edit. We still managed to go for about 90 minutes, so that's that. Indie Ball Pod on Twitter. Everything else is Indie Ball Report. Maybe don't follow the Twitter, because apparently we're going to start getting charged monthly for that thing. And I'm going to be out of there so quick. Uh, but, in any case, that's all she wrote. Don't stop believing, because I hear that don't in the background. Stop. And that's it. <laughs> oh, we're, getting, we're getting in trouble for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to get so... We're about to get soprano. They're gonna cut the thing off uh, right as the song goes. But oh yeah. god. Yeah. In any case, until next time, don't forget to uh, play ball. <laughs> <laughs>